Welcome to the St. Michael Easter podcast series. My name is Chris Garada, and I will be leading our meditation today. Our theme this Easter is Big Love. God's holy work is fulfilled in the resurrection of Christ, the defeat of death itself. We have received the gift of new life, and we can use that gift to spread God's big love to those near and far. Joining Christians everywhere during this Easter season, we proclaim with joy, Alleluia. The Lord is risen indeed. Come, let us adore him. Alleluia. A reading from the third chapter of Luke. In the 15th year of the reign of Emperor Tiberius, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea and Herod was ruler of Galilee, and his brother Philip, ruler of the region of Iturea and Trachonitis and Lysanias, ruler of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah, the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough ways made smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. John said to the crowds that came to be baptized by him, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruits worthy of repentance. Do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our ancestor, for I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now, the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And the crowds asked him, what then should we do? In reply, he said to them, whoever has two coats must share with anyone who has none, and whoever has food must do likewise. Even tax collectors came to be baptized, and they asked him, Teacher, what should we do? And he said to them, Collect no more than the amount prescribed for you. And soldiers also asked him, And we, what should we do? And he said to them, Do not extort money from anyone by threats or false accusation, and be satisfied with your wages. Here ends the reading. We're now a few weeks into our Easter season, the season when we have the opportunity to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus and the way the Holy Spirit impacts our lives. With the celebration of Easter underway, it might be an odd choice to read this passage from Luke that recalls the aggressive nature of John the Baptist. But I think this passage can encourage us all. Now, you've likely heard me speak on John the Baptist in the past. John is one of my favorite biblical characters because he likes to rock the boat. John doesn't seek to make friends or to make people feel comfortable. John is a classic prophet, constantly seeking to poke the authorities and kick people out of their comfort zones. In today's reading, we hear John's most well-known castigation, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come, bear fruits worthy of repentance. With those classic words, John puts the pedal to the metal and launches the crowd into a tizzy. Now, what I love most about this passage is the reaction he gets from the crowd. I can just imagine their surprise when, after making the long trip out to the wilderness to see him, John seems to kick dirt in the face of the crowd. As John rails against the people, I imagine they looked back and forth at each other in confusion and disbelief. I bet people were murmuring things like, what did he just say? 
And is he talking to us? And when John proceeds to talk about trees and axes and stones coming to life, as if in exasperation, we get the one key question that matters to us most. The crowd asks, what then should we do? As if reading our minds, Luke writes that the crowd asks John the very simple question. Hey, John, if we're vipers and we're not special, but we still seek after God, then what are we supposed to do? John's answer is most helpful to us, but that doesn't mean that we like what he says. John tells the crowd, whoever has two coats must share with anyone who has none, and whoever has food must do likewise. Well, there it is. That's the call that God puts to anyone who wishes to follow him, and it's simple. Love one another. Now, I'm fond of saying that Jesus is inconvenient. The macro idea of Jesus' gospel message is a summary of what God had been saying for generations and generations. Love God and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus doesn't say when to love or who to love or how to love or whether love is limited. Jesus just says to love. Now, we don't like the lack of clarity. We prefer to know who our neighbor is and is not. We prefer to know how love is conditional based on behavior or actions or circumstance. We don't want love to be meaningless, so we seek to put boundaries around love so that we know the right way to love. But that's not what Jesus says. Jesus inconveniently points to love as the only ask God makes of us. Now, I believe this is good news. If we have the humility to recognize why. For most of us, we strive every day to do the next right thing. Even when we fail to do that next right thing, and most of us fail most of the time, we seek to build ourselves up and be confident in who we are, and in doing so, we conflate our desire for confidence as validation that anything we think is important or hold dear, and anything we try to do, can ultimately be good. Instead, John reminds us that we are not the center of God's world. John reminds us that God's kingdom, that God's economy is not defined by us. And I say, what a relief! God is working in the world apart from us and apart from our self-interest. God is working in the world in ways we cannot fully know, and yet God wants us to be part of that amazing work. And how, we ask? Well, whoever has two coats must share with anyone who has none, and whoever has food must do likewise. Whoever has an opportunity must turn around and offer a hand up to anyone who does not. Whoever has a skill that the world needs must coach up anyone who does not. Whoever has good friends must invite anyone who is lonely to join them. Whoever has enough must share with those who have too little. In every way, the call to a life of discipleship is actually easy. Rather than seeking to complicate the call to a life of discipleship, the call to a life of love, let's just keep it simple, shall we? It's Easter, and we all have more than enough. How can you respond to God's call today by sharing what you have with those who do not have enough? How can you respond to God's call today by making sure someone in your life feels loved? Our task is very simple. And since it's Easter, let's make sure we actually do what God created us to do. And remember, when you take action, you will not 
be alone. Amen. Please join me as we continue with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, who in the Paschal Mystery established the new covenant of reconciliation, grant that all who have been reborn into the fellowship of Christ's body may show forth in their lives what they profess by their faith. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen.